0: You're listening to the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network and this is season 5 episode 24 as the New York Rangers defensive woes continue to plague them. They're still struck by the injury bug and are losing starting roster players by the seemingly by the day and I guess most importantly Igor Shesterkin their starting goaltender is in a rut. Let's just call it what it is. He's in a rut, and he's having a hard time finding his mental footing with each successive uh, blowout loss and easy goals given up. Hey, everybody. Andy here, recording this on a Wednesday night. Just finished watching the Rangers' two rivals, the Devils and the Islanders, get two pretty big wins, both at home. Jack Hughes scoring in overtime on a pretty electric goal off of a nice pass from Yesterper Rat. And the Islanders holding on for a 4-3 to win in regulation over the Rangers' opponent for Friday in the Anaheim Ducks. A little pre-scout on my part, but both those teams, after having poor starts, seem to be coming along right now. I mean, the Devils only lo- dropped one game on their Western Conference road trip, and they followed up with a nice win at home. And uh, I think the Islanders have won four straight, so... As those two teams are finding their game, the New York Rangers seem to be slipping after a meteorically hot first two months to the season. To backtrack a little bit, so the New York Rangers drop their last home game 7-3, yikes, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. A Toronto Maple Leafs team that had played the day before, a Rangers team that had had a couple days off, coming off of a pretty impressive win over the LA Kings where they really made sure to tighten up their game. And after a disappointing two games in Ottawa and Washington, well, once again, off the hop, well, I guess even back up even further the morning of game day, there's morning skate. And we find out that Candry Miller will not be available for this game due to personal reasons, uh, which still, you know, two days out, have him away from the team. Um, I am not going to speculate on what those personal reasons might be. I don't think that is anyone's business, but all I can say is I hope Keandre is well and we wish him the best. We hope he is back when he is ready and comfortable. So that's all we're going to say about that. But obviously his absence is a big blow to the team, a team that has struggled defensively recently. He's one of the better shutdown players on this team with his skating ability and his wingspan, his reach, his ability to chase down and uh, just close off defenders, angle them away, use his, like I said, his reach and his stick to poke pucks, to bring transition the other direction, to join the rush, to activate all that stuff that keeps play moving in the direction that the New York Rangers want. And just a steadying presence on the team. So... Obviously, this team is already without Capo, Kako, and Philip Hedl. Both were no updates on either as far as morning skate goes this morning. Just that Hedl is continuing to skate by himself. But you obviously know with the concussions, and presumably he is still feeling the symptoms of that, which is a very scary thing considering how many he's already had in his young career. So he's working his way back. And obviously, the, the Kako injury was a bad one. We presumably will not see him at least for another month to two months, if that. So, you know, very this organization is notoriously tight-lipped, but I guess it's those are personal and private matters, I guess, so, as it should be. And you, obviously, when it's an injury, you want to know when a player is coming back. But I, I honestly think in terms of Heedle it's it's hard to know it's it's one of those things where when it's a head injury you just it's when he feels if he feels comfortable i mean there's a lot you can speculate that is it even smart for him to come back considering how many head injuries he's already had in his young career so he has to think about the rest of his life and the quality of his life and if every time the symptoms get longer you just don't know what type of irreparable damage you can do so you just hope for his health anyway but Yeah, obviously, the Rangers definitely miss all three of those players. Barkley Gaudreau is with the team, but he can not eat solid food. He, you know, after we spoke about it in the last two podcasts, but he's been playing with a cage on. His face is swollen as heck. The Internet was grossed out by footage of him spitting something out of his mouth that he said was not his mouth guard and was not his teeth so presumably it, he said it i think it was a piece of piece of something in my mouth which is disgusting when you think about it so uh that was like the internet's gross out moment of the week but he can't eat solid food right now his face is super swollen he's got bruising down to his neck uh but he's a warrior so he's playing but he's clearly not playing hundred percent uh and honestly Adam Fox hasn't looked the same since coming, working his way back from his injury, although I did think he has had his flashes, but he just hasn't, him and Lindgren have not been as solid, and obviously, since coming back from his injury, the elephant in the room is that Igor has just not been able to regain his form he had earlier in the year, so um, you wonder if nagging injuries for those two players, Fox and Igor, are still playing a part in their struggles so far you know obviously fox coming back that doesn't mean he was 100% or he's not still you know getting trying to get over the 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 leg you know injury from the the aho knee on knee but um yeah it's just basically as hot as things were for the rangers in um september excuse me october and november it's been, they're finally kind of hitting their first real adversity and rut of the season you know i i think a few podcasts ago i said adversity adversity but think about it, they had only lost two games or whatever, and then they came back in one. So it's like, all right, they righted the ship. But, you know, they basically, they've only won one game in their <laughs> their last uh, four, which for them so far has not been acceptable. It's not been good enough. So, and I think you're seeing the play of Eric Gustafson come back down to earth um, a little bit after a hot start. The Lafreniere, although Vinny Trocek has been the Rangers' best player, I'd argue both Panarin and Lafreniere have cooled down a bit. And although, luckily, as they've cooled down, at least Mika, his he's starting to find the back of the net and Blake Wheeler as, as well. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, it's just, it's it's hard. The Rangers are, are basically kind of going through it a little bit. Um, their defensive play has not been good enough. In the Toronto game, you're forced to, without Keandre Miller, go back to Zach Jones, who's cold. He comes in and once again that the, the Jones Schneider pairing is an absolute train wreck on the ice. Uh, the New York Rangers end up conceding four goals in the first period, two of which were very soft, and the other two, which are just bad breakdowns and coverage by and just laxadaisical soft play by their their players and just not being on their just not being physical and playing with a purpose, and it, it bites them. and you know especially Toronto team that just hung on to, to lose an overtime against the Islanders. You know what I mean? The Rangers are better than this. Uh, the stats, Steve Alicat posted the analytics for the game and the expected goals. And basically it was a win, a very winnable game by the Rangers. They actually ended up, you could, you could maybe argue with score effects from scoring four goals in the first period, but they had seemed to have the edge and a slight edge in expected goals. But it was just, it was a blown win because uh goaltending was bad. Um, in the postgame, Igor Shostakin was absolutely shell shocked, quiet, meek, embarrassed. So he didn't really know what to say. He felt like he let the team down, all that. And listen, it's hard, man. the The fan base, Rangers Twitter, uh, Twitterverse, whatever the hell you want to call it, the online fan base has been absolutely brutal in terms of, you know. You got to bench Igor. He needs to, you know, work this shit out. He needs to get his head on straight. It's tough. Sports is a result-related business. The New York Rangers have also never had average goaltending. They've only had Henrik Lundqvist for so long. And then after Henrik Lundqvist, you had peak Vesna Igor, you know, for his first few years with the Rangers. But uh, I hate to break it to you, as good as Igor is, Is he a generational goalie like Henrik Lundqvist? Probably not. And when you're just, when you were just a regular goaltender in the NHL, you just flat out have bad stretches. You do, I'm sorry. Lundqvist would have bad, I guess, 15 game segments every year. And then he would kind of get back to it. It would always come early. It would usually come, you know, he was usually kind of cold to start the year. And then November and he would look kind of bad, but then he would always pick it up and be absolutely by March he was like be unbeatable, which was every year. But you know, Igor, like most goaltenders, it's it's not clockwork, it's not science, it's just when it happens, it happens, and it can linger and and, you know, sometimes goaltenders have bad years. uh, which is hard to hear. You hope that's not the case. I mean, luckily, New York Rangers have Jonathan Quick, who's playing his best hockey right now, and the team looks much more confident with him and net. But there's, there seems to be the same kind of trickle-back effect that the Devils were kind of going through with uh, both Schmid and Vanacek up until recently, where it was clear they didn't trust their goaltenders to make the saves they should have made, so they were playing. The way they were defending was with trepidation. They weren't just playing and reacting. You know, It was just always in the back of their mind, and it, it had a trickle-down effect. It led to a lot of breakdowns because you're trying to – make your you know just it's like this equivalent of the defensive equivalent of gripping the stick too hard it's just too much mental gymnastics things about am i covering the right spot am i insulating you know yada 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 and it has led to breakdowns for those teams in the past although now those two teams you know the devils at least seem to be shoring it up whereas the rangers now don't seem to trust that shesterkin is going to be a position and they're kind of having fire drills in their own end instead of just playing a, a You know, decisive, assertive hockey, and if a puck gets behind him, so be it. They you have to have trust in your goaltender. You know what I mean? But the Rangers have just been careless, and the details have not been there. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just five dollars on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 8778 Hope, New York, or text Hope, New York, 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem by calling 888 789 7777 or visiting ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources the NHL and NHL shield are registered trademark of the National Hockey League so the million dollar question is how are the New York Rangers going to pull them out of this uh funk slump whatever you want to call it they find themselves in well, for starters, I think in if the Rangers are going to be without Keandre Miller for the next few games and Zach Jones is going to play, I think you need to put him with Truba because I just don't think it's worth messing up the chemistry of two pairs if you're going to put Jones with Schneider, giving him a new partner. And... Move Gustafson up to play with Truba. I just now you have two pairs that are different. I know at times Gustafson Gustafson has seemed to, after his coming out of the gate super hot, is you know his game has regressed a little bit. You know some some unfortunate end of some plays, although he can still break a puck out like nobody's business when he's got time. But it's just you know I just think it. You want to keep the third pair. Yeah, I, I think you just want to only have one pairing be different if you're going to put Jones in. So just put it with Truba, you know, maybe see if that helps. It's a little bit should hopefully be a little bit more stouter than Truba and uh, or excuse me, than then the Schne- Jones uh, Schneider pairing. And obviously, I think despite him scoring two goals in the last game, I think it's time to end the Blake Wheeler experiment. On the first line. And yes, I know he scored two goals, but I would just argue that line has just not been what it needs to be. And I think a lot of it is you have a, a fairly speedy player in Mika's Badjad, you have a power forward in Chris Kreider, and you have Blake Wheeler, who, let's face it, at this point in his career is pretty slow. So, you know, you have a guy like Jimmy VC who's going, I think you should move VC up. I think you should put Wheeler on the third line with uh, play, to play with Cooley and Benino. And then I know they had Brodzinski up. You can either flip-flop Brodzinski, although I know Brodzinski has also gotten his some some minutes with Mika. but honestly, I would just put VC there I would move uh, Wheeler and, and Brodzinski down to play the other wing spots in the bottom six with uh, Goudreau, Pitlick, and Cooley, and and Benino. Um, and, yeah, just, I think, you know, a little bit more balance in your lineup that way, I think, with the way VC's going right now, he's shown in the past he can produce when put in up the lineup. I think that is a line worth, you know, experimenting. And, or, hell, I know it might be sacralist to say at this point, but considering that the Lafreniere-Trocek-Panarin line outside of Trocek at 5-on-5 has been pretty, eh, just kind of cooled down a bit. Maybe spread the wealth out. Maybe you flip-flop Panarin and Kreider. Maybe you move Lafreniere up on the right side to play with the Panarin and Mika line. Then you have Kreider and Trocek that's been a good pair. Maybe you can put VC, VC on that line. You just have combinations. I just think Wheeler needs to work his way down to the bottom six if I'm, you know, if I'm Peter Lavulette, but I'm not. But... Uh, interestingly enough, we have seen Peter Laviolette. He's been putting his fourth line out against first lines as a shutdown line, so maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, but it worked well in the game against the LA Kings. But I do think you're kind of playing with fire doing that. You know what I mean? Is you know and that's uh, you know it's 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 one of those things. that, Yeah, it can work sometimes, but. That's a lot of effort for those guys just to be doing that. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know. But I don't have all the answers up, but you have to hope that Peter Laviolette does. I guess we'll finish this pod. I'm going to keep it short with uh, just some general news and notes from around the league, I guess. Just things of note. Um, I guess off the top of my head, after having a pretty difficult start, the Edmonton. Oilers are one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League. And Connor McDavid, after everyone saying, What's wrong with McDavid? he He's just not his usual self. Is he hurt? Bada bada bada. Well, he has six goals and 25 points in his last 10 games. So, uh, yeah, he's fine. He found his stride. The cream always rises to the top. Connor McDavid is still going to have an uh, incredible season because when the, his that team is now firing on all cylinders, uh, Evan Bouchard has been excellent for them. He's really, you know, figured things out. Well, just the team as a whole, I think, you know, they're getting better goaltending now, and they're just defining their groove. They're one of the teams that started the season horribly, and everyone's like, well, you got to fire the coach. They do. They hire Chris Knobloch, as we know, uh, from, the Rangers, from the Hartford Wolfpack, and they've found their game. So look out in the West. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers are starting to come on. Uh, other news after taking a, I believe, a knee on knee injury, not too dissimilar from the Adam Fox injury. Kyle Connor is unfortunately going to be out six to eight weeks, which stinks. It was, you know, kind of what basically the Fox injury. Um, you know, he is, Connor has been, he's right up there in the Rocket Richard goal race this year. Um, I believe he's like, he's almost like right there with Brock Besser, but yeah it just it really stinks um you know he got into a him and ryan strome got into the a knee and knee and you know uh i don't know i looking at the play i, I don't know if it's on i don't think it's on purpose by strome it's i don't think he's really that guy anyway it's just kind of intentional and just really sucks uh but yeah no that's just brutal you never want to see anyone hurt and obviously a guy who's having a season like him uh, yeah, just uh, unfortunate. So wishing him the best. Hopefully he can get back because the jets have been really good this year. So, and he's been the one of, if not the biggest parts of it, what else, what else? Oh yeah. After dropping their last four games, the St. Louis blues following their loss to the Detroit red wings, uh, very late at night, uh, GM Doug Armstrong announced that coach Craig Berube was, will be relieved of his duties. Um, Pretty shocking. I mean, obviously, that's a team that you you kind of know where they're retooling right now just based on the talent that's left over the last few years. I mean, you know, Barube won the cup with them, their first cup ever in franchise history. So, you know, it's always uh, pretty crazy to see that, especially when you have some other teams that they have coaches stick around for so long and you're like, when is this guy going to get the boot? But uh yeah, no, just pretty shocking. He's a pretty good coach, so he'll be out there floating around, and you'll have to imagine a team is going to want to. He'll he'll have a job sooner rather than later, obviously. So, uh, but yeah, just uh, pretty shocking, considering you know, obviously right now they are on the outside looking in. I believe the St. Louis Blues in the, in the Western Conference, they're outside of a playoff spot. Uh, they have twenty seven points, twenty eight games played. They are tied with the Oilers, who are just one point out of a playoff spot, but the Oilers have two games in hand on them. So it's not like they're that far out, but it's just, that's the way it seems to be going right now for them. You know, I don't really expect them to make the playoffs. You have to imagine there's gonna be a little bit of, uh, you know, they will be sellers at the deadline. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. They have some players with contracts up. Uh, Pretty curious to, yeah, pretty curious to see what they do um, and what players they, if they ship out, if they're on the outside looking in. Swinging over to the Eastern Conference, the Ottawa Senators faced off with the Carolina Hurricanes two nights ago. And at one point, Brady Kachuk is awarded a penalty shot. And as he kind of comes in with speed, uh, the goaltender, uh, Pyotr Kachakov kind of does a flying poke check, just kind of bum rushes out. And it looks like he kind of goes, you know, he's obviously trying to do the fl- like basically Superman and, and go for the puck at the last second by kind of exploding out of his creeps, But, uh, you know, obviously he goes at towards Kachuk's skate with speed. So Kachuk kind of trips over him and then slides into the boards. Uh, he didn't like it. He thought it was dangerous and dirty. So he's giving it to Kachukov. Kachukov's giving it back to him. You can only imagine the sort of things they were saying to each other. But uh, Kachuk's giving it to him. He's giving it to the refs. He's giving it to their the uh, um, Hurricanes bench. He ends up getting a 10-minute uh, game misconduct for you know yapping at the officials, I guess, or not a game misconduct, but a ten. What was it a game misconduct? Yeah, he gets a ten minutes misconduct. So, um, but yeah, I you know, I watching it back, it's tough because goaltenders have to be able to play the puck or you know or try to make the stop. But he just it it did kind of look like he was trying to you know go for the legs. Uh, you know, he's playing the puck, but I think it's, it's, you, you kind of understand that uh, there is some danger involved there, but it's a tough one because it's like, if you're going to try to take away yet another tool in, in the goalies arsenal that they can't like you know do flying po checks and things to try to stop prevent uh you know stop penalty shots and breakaways and things of that nature it's a slippery slope so but he wasn't happy about it it was uh, uh yeah just yet another wild wacky event in uh what's already been a pretty pretty uh, interestingly weird and and emotionally charged season You know, obviously, also, speaking of emotionally charged, I had mentioned on the last podcast, talk about what's going on in the National Hockey League with all these incidents recently. Uh, The ruling from the Department of Player Safety comes back on the David Perron hit on Artem Zub after his wires crossed a bit in the uh, incident that got Dylan Larkin out with injury uh, and dropped to the ice. He, He gets six games for going after Artem Zub with a you know essentially just kind of like a almost like a cross check to the to the head you know um uh and yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where he obviously he, even we'll look at the video obviously zoob is is trying to signal the the trainer or, or the refs to see that larkin's down and get up some help and obviously Perron, his wires just cross you know He's, he sees his captain laying on the ice and He just, yeah, he just goes after Zub for whatever reason. But uh, it's, yeah, it just stinks. So you knew he was going to get, it'll be interesting to see if he uh, tries to uh, appeal to get the suspension knocked down, but I don't know, I I doubt it. Well, like I said, the New York Rangers are in a bit of a funk, but that doesn't mean they can't find uh, some of that rhythm that they had early on in the season, even with their injuries. I You have to give Peter Laviolette the benefit of the doubt with the job he's done with this team so far. This is their first extended stretch of uh, difficulty. And our, obviously, if maybe if Igor Shosturkin wasn't struggling the way he has been so far, it wouldn't even feel like a, a slump. It might just feel like a little, you know, just a, a t- minor setbacks for this team. But, you know, uh, it'll be interesting to see who gets the next start. Do you put Igor back in there to try to get, build up his confidence especially against a, a win a beatable ducks team at home uh or do you just say we need to make sure we continue to grab points and you put jonathan quick in who it should with the way he's playing the way the team is playing in front of him and um just obviously the ducks team being what they are a team that can score but all, but not a perfect team by any means um, yeah, it's a winnable. It's like I said, that's a winnable game. And if you have a goaltender who's going, it's going to be really hard for that team to beat you at home and you get the two points. So um, I don't envy that decision because obviously I think it's in the Rangers long term. Making sure Igor gets regains his form and gets his confidence back is probably the best thing for this team long term. So that kind of has to be the plan. So. Uh, you know, we'll see. I hope, you know, you have to trust that Laviolette's talking with Benoit Allaire every day and Igor as well, and just as being communicative and supportive, which I know he is, and like I said, he's Laviolette's earned the benefit of the doubt with the job he's done so far. He's had a lot of for as well as things have gone so far, it's like the Rangers have basically had adversity all season with, you know, goals not, uh, just the reffing calls made their way, disallowed goals, Injuries, you name it, but they've overcome it. And a lot of that is thanks to his coaching. So, uh, yeah, the Rangers need to pull themselves out of this, the, uh, the funk they find themselves in and they need to regain some confidence in their defending abilities in the back end and their reads. And obviously Igor needs to find confidence in himself. Thank you for listening to the Broadway boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.